we're going. Oh yeah. Excuse. Oh wait. Excuse the um, printing sounds in the background. My story is printing out of the printer, which is also in the bedroom where the microphone is. So if you hear it, you're live in the studio right now. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Nothing. Little taste into known unknowns life. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so welcome. I'm Carly. Uh, and I'm Harry. This is Known Unknowns. Do we do that at the beginning? Yeah. Great. Welcome. What's new? Oh, um, you know, uh, not a heck of a lot. Nothing's new with me. Oh, it's it's been snowing all day. Oh, it's, it snowed like a foot. We have like a foot of snow. I know. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is. It's I great. love snow. It's pretty out there. Oh, gosh. I'm so happy with it. Um... What else? What oh. else? Harry had to explain to me the GameStop Robin Hood uh, weird, um, what's it called? Stock market yeah. issue. The game stock has been going on this week. That stuff, um, which uh, has been cool. Sorry, my mouth is like, I ate a whole bunch of salt and vinegar chips last night and yesterday. Um, and I also ate a bunch of spicy food, so my mouth is like kind of raw and oh like <laughs> it feels weird and like. <laughs> Andrew, I'm assuming drinking alcohol in that hot chocolate, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, that's probably not good for it. That's probably not going to make it feel better right now. You're probably right. Getting all in the cracks and crevices of your mouth hole. You're right. Mm-hmm. The dark chocolate probably drying it out even more. Yeah. How many cups of hot chocolate have you had today? This is my second cup of hot chocolate. Cool. Um, oh my god, the printer is going really slow because it's connected to the Wi-Fi and our Wi-Fi in this apartment sucks. So it's like just taking forever to print. So I'm trying yeah. to stall. Will you explain to them what you explained to me? Oh, about uh, GameStop? Yeah, GameStop. <laughs> GameStop. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, I know. But like it's about the stock. Yeah, but it's GameStop. Yeah, I know stock. that. Okay. But I get it, GameStop. But I just want them to know that it's GameStop with a yeah. P. All right, anyway. now you can explain. Okay, so. Um, so go into the history and details of GameStop, so and game- then go into the history and the origin of the stock market. Okay. And then go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's so googling now. He's googling. <laughs> Well, no, I've typed game, game so stow. left bracket. Um, <laughs> okay, no, tell us, tell us what an, game. An American is. video game consumer electronics and gaming merchandise retailer. The company is headquartered in Grapevine, Texas, United States, and is the world's li- largest video game. Cool. Dot dot dot. Okay, now tell us about what's going on. Okay, uh, so Go. Carly's leaving me tell right now. But. So so okay, so there is a a subreddit called uh, Wall Street Bets. I bet uh, not anymore. No, it still exists. They didn't shut there. it down. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, which was um, until a few days ago was mostly a place for people to um, commiserate for like amateur like r- or retail investors is what they're called, I guess. Um, you know, people who are not like big time finance guys, but who have, um, 
uh, Robinhood is the most popular app for like regular people to yeah to buy and sell individual stocks and I stuff. have it for my uh, free stock that I got yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh, so but our uh, slash Wall Street bets was uh or is mostly a place where people um you know uh, talk about. Uh, investing with Robin Hood and stuff and commiserate about their uh, un- unlucky or massive losses and occasionally celebrate their uh, lucky uh, gains, uh, big gains. Um, but, it, it, you know, just a, a place where... Uh, they talk stock, friends. That's yeah. That's what they do. Basically. They talk stock. Um, and so... But they're amateurs. But, yeah. So they talk stock. Mm-hmm. But la- so last week... Um, they decided to collectively um, uh, invest in a lot of GameStop stock. Because um, they knew the prices were going down. Right. GameStop uh, stock was fairly fairly cheap um, um, and was um, – but the, it wasn't just because the prices were going down. The prices were going down because it had been shorted short sold by um hedge uh, funds a lot of big hedge funds that's all that's what i know about this. um uh it, it being a brick and mortar consumer electronics chain um it's a fairly good expectation that um the uh, you know short selling gamestop stock would you know not be the worst idea if you're an investor um and so a lot of hedge funds um, did put a lot of money into um, short selling uh, GameStop stock. Uh, short selling is when it's basically yeah, betting basically. that the price of a stock will go it's down. Will go down. So how it like so more they're literally playing with fire here. Yeah. So like short selling technically is when you borrow a stock um, and then you sell it with um, with the intention of then buying it back um, later. Like so, you borrow a stock from somebody you sell that stock and you're betting you're gonna have to buy that stock back later but you're betting that it, the price will go down It'll so be, be able lower. to yeah, yeah buy it back at a cheap, cheaper price but so <sighs> people on wall street bets started purchasing gamestop stock this is reddit yeah on yeah. reddit um driving the price of gamestop stock up um, which, which means is, a lot of rich people who gambled in their little hedge fund. I don't really know. They're <laughs> yeah, part which, of a hedge fund and they gambled. They lost a lot of money because then all the prices for the GameStop stock were all right. They had to buy like those stock back back at, at like a crazy price. A, yeah, exactly. At a heavily inflated price. So now all these rich people who lost a lot of money because they were doing something dumb, they want to. <laughs> um, Nail all the people who on this Reddit thread who bought GameStop stock, right? Um, yeah, so for so, like stock manipulation or something. Yeah, so a hedge fund is a a fund that a bunch of people pool their money in order to um, take a high high risk, high reward um, investment bets uh, in the Bitches. stock market. Um, That's what they and are, and then they. They they use their connections and clout to, you know, go on CNBC and like talk up this company that they're in betting on or denigrate this company that they're all betting against in order to manipulate the, the stock <laughs> stock price up or down <laughs> or what have you. Um, 
And so these are the people who have, since the 2008 crash, been, uh, you know, arguing against any kind of uh, stock market. Um, um, what's the word? Um, about a start, I don't know. Like, really? Um, like Reform. Uh, yeah. and Change. Re- yeah, reform. And um, I can't think of the word that I'm thinking of, but, you know, uh, l- limits and... Uh, more rules and laws put on stock uh, on investing and stuff um and of course now that they're the ones losing a lot of money and a lot of not rich people have managed to make a lot of money off of this um they're lobbying for reform um, more (laughs) for more restrictions uh, and stuff on stock trading so the app robin hood uh stopped any purchasing of the gamestop stocks they won't let anyone buy it anymore Right. Well, that was the that was the case on Friday, I think. Yeah. Um, and Thursday. Well, on Thursday they stopped trading of GameStop, AMC, Nokia, BlackBerry. I think those are all the ones that um, were involved in the GameStop uh, situation. Hmm. Um, and then on Friday they were actually selling people's shares of GameStop that they were holding. Yeah. So the um, the app was just selling people's shares that they bought. Mm-hmm. Which seems so, <laughs> illegal, but it has to be legal somehow. Right. Well, I mean, Robin Hoods, they, they like talk a lot about like democratizing the stock market and allowing normal people to, you know, make money investing in things. But really, the, the way they make their money is by selling like user data and like yeah. data on how people invest in stuff uh, to like the hedge fund guys so they can better. So they can better make bet make money which off is illegal of... that can't be legal all of this sounds fishy to me well no i mean the thing is that it, it all is legal because all the people involved have a shit ton of money and <laughs> does that make it legal though or does that just make them like not get in trouble for it exactly <laughs> sorry I, i'm just I know, Harry, I shouldn't have made him talk about no, I'm this because gl- I tried to get him to explain it to me the other day and he was like, uh, uh, I'm so sorry, I, I'm bad at explaining things. <laughs> he was really no, upset he couldn't explain think it of better. I the word. Um... <laughs> Harry. <I can't>... <laughs> Bruh. All right. Um... Oh my God. Explain the word. Like when you have like laws on indus laws for industry to follow and stuff like, uh, I can't. Uh, um, laws on industry to follow. Man, Um, I bet some people listening right now are (laughs) screaming. Losing my mind right now. I know he is. He's losing his mind. It's okay. It starts with an R, right? I Uh, don't know. Uh, maybe you're think maybe you can't think of it because you're thinking it starts with an R. Probably. Let's start with a P. Pa pa pa. Anyway, so yeah. Um... Protocols. Per, per, per. <laughs> Wait. So regulations. Yeah, regulations. <laughs> Fuck. That's okay. the word. Regulations. Regulation. That's because it. Because I was thinking of FDA. And yeah, then I'm like, right. well, you F- say FDA regulations. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Regulations. Regulations. Yeah. So. Yeah, all these, all these, you know, all these uh, financial firms and things that have been, yeah, lobbying against financial regulation. Um, now Some kind that of reform. Yeah, no, exactly. No, that's kind of right. Reform. And uh, now that you know, poor people are making money on the stock market. Now they want regulations. Now they want on regulations. The stock market. Um, yeah. 
that they will never have to follow, mm -hmm. but other people will. Yeah. <laughs> it's all really messed up. Yes, well, indeed. Anything else new? Um, that's the main thing. Um, it's been uh one week uh mm -hmm. of the Biden presidency, and we still do not have two thousand dollars. Yeah, what's been going on with that? Has he done anything? <laughs> I think they're working on negotiating down from fourteen hundred. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. Uh, oh. they they really they really want it to be a bipartisan bill. Um. Uh, they don't want to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I. <sighs> okay. Well. All right. So, you Whatever. Know. As we can expect, I guess. Mm hmm Well, that's depressing. Um, anything else new? Um. I did my nails. Shoot. Yeah. They're pretty. Yeah. Everyone check out my, uh, nail, nail Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's called pretty. Crafty Carly. Watch me paint my nails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're pretty and long. Thank you. Thank you. I did an acrylic. Uh, and uh, I did acrylic. So they're very, very, very long. They're long and sparkly. Um, let's see. News this. Are you Googling news this week? Yeah, I want to know. What I was, was listening big this week. to uh, Scam Goddess, as per usual, the podcast, with, mm -hmm. um, and they talked about the Ilaria Baldwin uh, scandal, scam, and they thought it was very funny. Um, what? I was just trying to think if you uh, talked about this last week. Yeah, I think so, or the week before, maybe. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. No, I know, I know we talked about it. I was trying to think if you talked about. Scam God is talking about it on the podcast. No, Maybe no, just no, no. This was this week's episode, just, okay. so I wouldn't have. It was Tuesday's You're just episode. Telling me about it. Yeah, I was telling you about it. And they played this clip of Alec Baldwin on his like Instagram, I think, like this seven minute response he posted to it. And it was very, very, very creepy. And he just started like babbling on about random nothing about how he wasn't on Jeffrey Epstein's plane and he's <laughs> he wasn't in his black book and then he whispers at the end consider the sources what? he whispers really creepily consider the sources about uh, the Ilaria thing his wife thing and then he was like just at the end really creepily whispered consider the sources what <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to show it to you later. I wonder if it's still up, but oh, man. oh my god, he like went off the wall crazy. It was insane. I'm like, look, buddy, no one asked you about Jeffrey Epstein. No oh, one has asked you in a long time. <laughs> and then he was just babbling on. Because like, you know, he was trying to make the point that some sources aren't reliable. Right. Just like some said, you know, <laughs> he didn't know Jeffrey Epstein. He uh -huh. wasn't in his little black book. Okay. So. Which I doubt. I mean, Your wife, was. who is like 30 years younger than you, uh, <laughs> I think that <laughs> makes you a little creepy, but okay. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but yeah. That, so that happened. Um, okay. Well, do you want to get into it or do you have any other news? Nah. A uh, skier found dead after being buried by an avalanche in Utah. That's fun. Oh, my God. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's not. not fun. I know. Idaho man wins lottery for the sixth time. He's rigging it. There's him. no way. He's scamming. Uh, uh, a lot of people, mostly 
things about people getting murdered and dying on uh, on CNN, all the latest news stories. Well, we don't talk about that here. No. Ever. We're, we're not a... We don't talk about ghoulish things like that. Now I'm going to talk about death. Oh, Ready? Thanks. It's not true crime, I promise. It's ghosty. Ghost crime. It's ghost. It's ghost. Ghost related. Okay. Are we ready for my topic this week? I go first. Yeah, we're very ready. Yeah, I know. We're pretty far in. Okay. Um, stop listening already. Yeah, probably. Have you ever looked at the um, analytics of that to see when people stop tuning in? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it either. <laughs> <laughs> Only the true fans uh, get through Stick this part. it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that mean we should just get into the episode more? I, I think so. I think it just means people don't like us. People don't like listening to us. Well, in our later episodes, the average time is they listen to the whole thing. You know, 50% of people do. Oh. <laughs> that's awkward. I really hope they tune back in later. Apparently the other 50% it. don't listen to anything, I guess. I don't know. That's weird. Okay. Um, ready? For my story? Yeah. It's like really hot in here. Is the heat on? Keep talking. Oh, uh. I'm checking the heater. Yeah, I think the heat is on. The fan's ah! on. Yeah, oh. it is. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> I burned myself on the heater. Hold these. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're back. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I'm not going to cut any of that out. They're all going to hear. My wrist hurts. I really burned it. Oh, no. Can you see a red mark on it? No. I like really Okay, well, the heater's off. The fan is on now. I don't care if you guys can hear it or not. <laughs> All right. Okay. Are you ready to listen to my story now? I'm ready to listen. Okay, my sources are seethesouthwest.com, seek, seeksghosts.blogpost.com, and legendsofamerica.com. Oh, my God. God, my wrist hurts like burnt. You need to run it under some cold water? No, I'll just put it on my wet hair. Okay. Oh, this feels good. Okay. Do you want me to hold your uh, papers for you? No, I got this. Okay. I'm talking about the ghost town of Dawson, New Mexico. So, Dawson, New Mexico. Now ghost town. Mm. I think ghost towns are fascinating. They are. How they're just abandoned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. They're cool. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about it. A uh, lot of it is mostly just history of how it became a ghost town, but I think it's interesting. I think ghost towns are spooky. Are there ghosts in the ghost town? Uh, yeah, at the very end I have like a paragraph. <laughs> okay, cool. It's hard. It, yeah, the, all these sources were like, oh, it's the most haunted place in New Mexico. Oh, it's so haunted, but no one gave me deets. <laughs> Everyone just said it's so haunted. And I'm like, okay, can you explain further? Well, the rest of New Mexico is not haunted at all. So <laughs> the okay. fact that there's there's any talk here. All right. Well, is... I'm going to get into it. <sighs> In 1869. So this was pretty long ago. Yeah. 1869. John Barkley Dawson came to their Mayo Valley looking for a place to homestead. He found it five and a half miles upstream from the settlement of Colfax and paid $3,700 to Lucian B. Maxwell for the deed, finalizing the verbal deal with a handshake. Wait, can you look up how much $3,700 is in today's money okay. versus $1,869? Sure. $3,700. Yeah. 
1869. How much did he pay? Um, let's see. Inflation. Um, <laughs> this is fascinating content. <laughs> okay, well, what is it? Uh, that'd be worth $70,864.25 today. Still a good deal. He got like a thousand acres or something yeah. of land. Oh, it's a thousand acres of like New Mexico desert and stuff. Yeah, but that's still, true, but that's still... Still, that's a... Not, that's not bad, right? Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I, After settling on his land, Dawson found coal on his property. He did get a good deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Scraping chunks of coal from the surface of his farmland, he burned it in his stove rather than using wood. <laughs> at first, his neighbors thought he was a little crazy, but out of curiosity, several asked for samples and were pleased with the results. So much so that Dawson began to sell the coal in his yard to his neighbors. <laughs> That's fun. That is. Um. Let's see. In 1870, Lucian B. Maxwell, Maxwell, so that's the guy who sold the land to Dawson. Right. The initial thousand acres or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Lucian B. Maxwell sold his interest in the Maxwell land grant. So through the land grant, I'm assuming John Barclay Dawson was able to buy this land from yeah. Maxwell. <laughs> he bought a portion of the, of the land, land grant. grant. Yeah. The property was quickly sold. Uh, so the rest of the remaining property that Maxwell had mm -hmm. uh, was quickly sold two more times over the next two years. And in 1872, it was in the hands of a Dutch firm who was aggressively looking for ways to exploit the resources of the grant. So now the grant was in the Dutch, a Dutch firm yeah. hands. Mm -hmm. So the grant owners immediately attempted to extract rents from many of the squatters, I'm putting it in quotes because they weren't squatters, most of them, <laughs> okay. uh, living on the grant. However, they often had no way of knowing who was a legal owner and who was not. They kicked a bunch of people off the land for a second time because... They kicked the Native Americans off first to get the land. Right. <laughs> and then a bunch of people settled on it, and then they kicked them out again. Not again. They kicked these people out right. to now settle <laughs> again. So we're really bad at keeping track of who owns what land. Or we don't care. Right. <laughs> um, let's see. When they found out that Dawson's land was heavily laced with coal... They wanted to develop the land and attempted to evict Dawson. And he paid for it. He, I mean, he paid for the stolen land. So right. <laughs> I don't know who to root for here. Not none of them, but yeah. I mean, you know. Well, there are, it, I, I, we can, the person, the people to root against most are, I guess, the Dutch. Just always root against the Dutch. Yeah. Who, who, who do they think they are and they're... Behind their dikes with their windmills and <laughs> we're all orange and what have you. I hope they can't hear this like noise of the heater. That's ambiance. Yeah, it Pretend is. it's a roaring fire. Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> he contested to settle the matter in courts because at first he was like, oh, you want to go? Here's my six guns. And then he held them all up. And then he was like, I'll shoot you for it and I'll take it. That's true. I Wait, cut it out of here. Who who was Dawson who? was like, bitch, this was my land, I paid for it. And then he got I out got all my... his guns and he was like, I'll settle this in a good old fashioned draw or whatever you call it. 
And then they were like, how about we do it in court? And um, he was like, fine. Did, did you say his six guns? Yeah, they said his six guns. Uh, so, is that not funny? <laughs> well, or is that I, I don't mean think something? he had six guns. <laughs> he probably had oh, one or two it's six like guns. A phrase. A six, it's like a, a six-shooter. <laughs> Got it. Okay, it's a six. Well, he said his there were multiple well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so you're telling me there weren't six of them? It's possible this that is there ridiculous. were. Maybe he had six six guns. <laughs> All right. Well, we learned something here today. <laughs> I, or maybe I, I don't, don't know, know anything about guns, but he said he would get out his guns and shoot them. But there were multiple, but not six. He had multiple six guns. Yeah. That's confusing. To someone who I mean, doesn't know guns, they I, really should have explained this I better. I might be wrong. Or, I mean, maybe maybe no, whatever you're, right. you're sourcing it from also misunderstood it. And Probably. And they, they, they thought they were correcting it from six gun to six guns. I think I'm getting this from a blog, so yeah, probably. <laughs> no, Harry, gun. I'm the dumb one. Okay. It's somewhere between one and six guns. Anyway, they're settling this matter in court. Uh, Dawson admitted that his transaction was with Maxwell in 1869 was purely verbal, stating that a promise and a handshake was the way Maxwell had always done business. <laughs> That's not good. That's, I mean... No. <laughs> There are better ways to do business than that. So here's this part, which is shocking to me. Okay. Um, Dawson hired an attorney, and the case was tried in the fall of 1893. Guess who it favored? Dawson. Dawson, in their decision. The court held that the land-grant company could not provide that Dawson did not own the land and mineral rights. And the courts further found that Dawson had not bought the 1,000 acres that he thought, but rather he bought 20,000 acres. So then they just gave him the 20,000 acres of this land. a real good deal. I know. I know, right? I guess that's what I was thinking of later when I was like, 70,000 is a good deal for 20,000 with with coal. Yeah. Or three and a half dollars an acre. I'll take it. Yeah, I'd that's buy an crazy. Acre of land for three and a half dollars. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I would. Um, that's wild. Dawson and his partner Charles Springer uh, reached the land or ranched the land until 1901, and then they sold the property to the Dawson Fuel Company for four hundred thousand dollars, and he retained twelve hundred acres for himself and continued to ranch. So yeah, he sold it to. Well, the town's name is now Dawson. So he sold it to Dawson Fuel Company. I was like, doesn't he, doesn't his family own that? And I'm like, no, it's the town fuel company. Mm -hmm. The Dawson Fuel Company was founded with the help of Charles B. Eddy of El Paso, Texas, a railroad promoter. Mm -hmm. Is that like a club promoter? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A railroad promoter? A 137-mile-long railroad was built from the mine uh, to Tucumacari. It's ladies' night on the train. <laughs> New Mexico, linking the spot with the Rock Island lines. By August 1st, 1901, a crew of 50 miners was ready to work. A sawmill was busy turning out lumber for houses. Coke ovens were, oh, were for houses, comma. Coke ovens were smoking. And by the end of the first year, Dawson was well on the way to becoming a city and the center of the largest coal mining operation in New Mexico. Later, the company built 100 cottages for more than 500 people and built additional Coke ovens. Therefore, oh, I wrote this. Therefore, the town was hopping. 
what I wrote. <laughs> Good. I was just going to read that in a very, therefore the town was hopping, but no, <laughs> therefore the town was hopping. <laughs> Good addition, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But really, it's the happening place. Sounds like it. It's but, a real boom town. But. Uh-oh. Tragedy. Dun, dun, dun. Would soon strike. September 14th, 1903, when fire broke out in the number one mine, followed by several explosions. 500 miners managed to escape. The men worked for a week to control the fire, and when it was over, they had lost three men. Only three? So honestly, not not that bad. There's bigger tragedies in this story, I'll say. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, by 1905, they had 124 Coke ovens running in Dawson, and the town was thriving with about 2,000 residents. That's more than Delavan, Illinois. And they <laughs> yeah. have a Casey's <laughs> and a Dollar General. Yeah, I know. Anyway, Coke ovens were used to convert convert the, how do you say this word? But- Butamus. Sure. (laughs) No. Coal mined into industrial coke, a relatively clean burning fuel used in smelting of iron ore. I guess. By this time, the settlement boasted a post office, a liquor store, a mercantile. Is that a general store? I think so. A school, a newspaper, and a large hotel. Mm-hmm. This place was legit a city. Yeah. There weren't that many people on Earth in 1905, right? <laughs> Sorry, Harry just spit food at me. <laughs> it fell on my foot. Sorry. So I stopped it. So if I there's didn't... a weird cut in the audio, that's why I had to stop it, because Harry spit something on me. I didn't mean to. Uh-huh. Okay. Make me laugh. Are we ready? Yeah. Are we ready to continue? The 1906, in 1906, the Phelps Dodge Corp, the Phelps Dodge Corporation bought the Dawson Mines and, sparing no expense, determined to make Dawson a model city and the ideal company town. Mm-hmm. The company built spacious homes for its miners, supplied with water from the company's water system. Mm. So this place, this is just crazy that it ends up being a ghost town. Because yeah. it was such a big place. Yeah, well, when the coal <laughs> runs out. Yeah. Or, okay, well, you'll tell me what happens. Yeah. They also built a four-story brick building that housed the Phelps Dodge Mercantile Department Store. The ghosts, which, the ghosts came in and drove out all the living. Is uh-huh, that what happened? No. Um, which sold virtually anything to the townsfolks. Food, clothing, shoes, hardware, furniture, drugs, jewelry, and baked goods. Um, you had me at drugs. An ice from its own plant. Cool. A modern hospital was built, which maintained a staff of five doctors and was complete with a laboratory, surgery, and x-ray equipment. For their leisure time, the miners enjoyed the use of the company-built movie theater, swimming pool, bowling alley, baseball park, pool hall, golf course, lodge hall, and even an opera house. So this place was huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, this place was like Chicago. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. They also had, they had two churches, a Catholic church and a Protestant church. They had uh, some schools, the, the Central Elementary School in downtown Dawson, or the Douglas Elementary School on Captain Hill. No, Capitan, Capitan, Capitan Hill. 
A large high school building was built that eventually employed 40 teachers, and their athletic teams won many state championships. Wow. Um, the company also built a steam-powered electric plant, which powered not only Dawson, but also the nearby towns of Wallensburg, Colorado, and Raton. Raton. <laughs> Raton, maybe? Raton. It could be rat, rat, Raton. Raton. Providing good-paying jobs for the residents, the extra features of the company town helped keep the employment stable, and under the new management, Dawson's population grew quickly to 3,500 people. So mm. this place is like crazy big and mm. did a lot. Like it, prov- it provided electricity for other towns. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why I'm like, how did it just go away? The ghosts. You had, you had no. a live flight. Yeah. The residents uh, were well aware that mining was a dangerous business. Even if the miners escaped the Uh-oh. constant dangers of cave-ins and explosions, their life expectancy was sharply reduced by black lung. And other effects of the mining air. Uh oh. <laughs> From time to time. Sorry, that was. I had to st- flip the page here. <laughs> From time to time, a miner would fall into a pit or die in the collapse of a seam. The company built cemetery slowly began to fill. The company built cemetery. They even had a company. That's so sad. Um, Dawson became a mecca for miners from all over the world, with immigrants arriving from Italy, China, Poland, Germany, Greece, Britain, Finland, Sweden, and Mexico. This place is huge! (laughs) I can't get over it. The miners worked together to dig the coal that that fueled an area equal to one-sixth of the United States. That's a lot of of coal. And Dawson grew into a company town of about 9,000 people. That's so big. That is big. I can't even imagine living in a town of 9,000 people. This place has like always been bigger than the town I grew up in. <laughs> wow. All right. This is fascinating. <laughs> okay. Phelps Dodge strove to make the mines as safe as possible. They did such a good job with Stag Canyon Mine Number 2 that it attracted the eyes of coal mining experts, who, in 1913, described it as, quote, the highest achievement in modern equipment and safety appliances that exists in the world, end quote. Uh, The New Mexico (laughs) Inspector of Mines completed two days of inspection of the Dawson Pits on October 20th, 1913, and reported that Stag Canyon Mine Number 2 was totally, quote, free from traces of gas and in splendid general condition, end quote. Oh, man. You never hear things like this about coal mines anymore. No. (laughs) Yet. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Dawson suffered its worst catastrophe two days after the inspection. (laughs) Two days is going to be the day that they're going to Two days is going to be the day that Okay, so on October 22nd, 1913, only two days after the miners' inspection, 284 miners reported to work at Stag Canyon Mine Number 2. Uh-oh. Work went on as usual until a little after 3 p.m., 
when the mine was rocked by a huge explosion that sent a wall of fire 100 feet out of the tunnel mouth, shaking the homes in Dawson two miles away. Uh-oh. Relief and disaster crews were rushed from neighboring towns. Phelps Dodge sent a trainload of doctors, nurses, and medical supplies up from El Paso, and striking miners in Colorado ceased picketing and offered to form a rescue team. Working around the clock, rows of bodies were brought to the surface. Only 23 of the 286 men working in the mine were found alive. But it's the safest coal mine in the world. Well, <laughs> tells you something about the other coal mines. <laughs> yeah. Two of the rescuers were also killed by falling boulders in the shaft. Mass funerals were conducted for the victims, and row upon row of graves were dug, making it necessary to extend the cemetery far up the hill. The cemetery was marked by white iron crosses, and the burials continued for weeks. It was the second worst coal mine disaster of the century, which is crazy because it was reportedly the safest one. And then two days later, the second worst coal mine accident happened. Isn't that wild? Yeah, well. Investigators determined that the explosion had been caused by an overcharged blast in a dusty pillar section of the mine. So, dynamite, not a permitted explosive, was being used. The Bureau of Mines allowed certain types of explosives, but blasting was not to be conducted. Blasting was only to be conducted when all the miners were evacuated and water sprays were to be used to settle the coal dust. These rules had obviously been ignored. Well, so we uh, know uh, who's paying the, uh, the mining inspector's salary. Exactly. Safety measures were heavily increased after the explosion, and accidents afterwards were comparatively minor, with few fatalities. <laughs> but of course there were still accidents. Yeah. The mining continued, and in 1918, the Dawson mines reached their peak production of over 4 million tons of coal. What Can't mine fuck? 4 million tons of coal without breaking a few eggs. <laughs> but tragedy hit Dawson again. <laughs> Who could on, have guessed? On February 8th, 1923, at about 2.20 p.m., in the Stag Canyon Mine Number 1. What is up with this canyon? Now, if there's one thing I know about mining operations, is if they've had one safety issue before, they're never going to have another one again. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, let's see. How many people died in this one? When a mine train jumped its track, it hit the supporting timbers of the tunnel mouth and ignited coal dust in the mine. Um, there were, oh, sorry. There were 123 men in the mine at the time. Many women, many, many women who lost husbands in the earlier disasters, disaster waited anxiously for their sons to appear out of the smoke. Early the next morning, two miners who had been in the isolated section of the mine, walked out. They were the only survivors. So 121 people died in this one. Mm -hmm. Didn't they just say that comparatively it wasn't that bad? Well, I mean, the first it was one, like, like 280 less something. Less than half as many. <laughs> yeah, but that's a lot of people. I know. 121 people? 
Wow. The cemetery was extended once again, and more white crosses took their place in the cemetery. I can see why this place might be haunted. Yeah. I'm starting to understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After the cleanup, Dawson continued to thrive for almost three decades after, with sons following their fathers into the mines. But gradually, railroads began to convert to diesel-electric locomotives, while natural gas and heating oil replaced coal as the fuel to heat homes. There was a brief resurgence of mining during World War II, but after that, it was clear coal. It was clear that coal was a fuel of the past. On April 30th, 1950, the mine was shut down. The announcement meant the death of the company town. Phelps Dodge sold the whole town, buildings and all, uh, to a salvage company in Phoenix. The giant coal washer was shipped piece by piece to Kentucky, and several houses were moved out and relocated as well. <laughs> the company safe ended up in the Phelps Dodge headquarters in Bisbee, Arizona, where it is still displayed at the Mining Museum. Over the next dozens of years, ranchers operating Phelps Dodge's Diamond D Ranch occupied the few dwellings remaining. Amazingly, there are no remains of this place other than the cemetery. So it's just a hill they... of white iron crosses <laughs> wow, in the wow. middle of nowhere. Nothing else lasted. They, they, they sold off everything in the town. Wow. Which is crazy because if you see pictures of it, there's huge like machines and factories uh -huh. everywhere. Like, And now there's nothing there's nothing but this old cemetery, which is so creepy. Yeah. Well, I guess when the company owns everything, there's nothing. I mean, they're going to want to extract as much value from it as they can. Yeah. Um, over 350 white iron crosses in the Dawson. It's even creepier because they're all just old white iron crosses in yeah. the ground. Not not even like headstones or anything. Um, let's see. So the cemetery, a deeply moving site, is now the only part of Dawson still open to visitors. These iron crosses, some with individual names and some unmarked, are reminders of the tragic deaths of the victims. For a while, Dawson had been truly forgotten by New Mexico until two brothers went on a metal-detecting expedition in 1991. So for, like, years mm -hmm. it went like no one even knew it existed. Dale and Lloyd Christian were shocked when they saw the uncared for and abandoned cemetery. When Dale Christian returned home to Albuquerque, he petitioned the New Mexico State His Historic Preservation Division to place the cemetery on the National Register of Historic Places. <laughs> the New Mexico Office of Cultural Affairs was unaware that the cemetery even existed. <laughs> they didn't even know the place existed. Wow. Isn't that wild? Mm -hmm. And asked Christian to provide measurements of the site. Not only did he provide measurements, but he also provided pictures and an accounting of the number of graves and pictures. Uh, the Office of Cultural Affairs was amazed, and although very few cemeteries are placed on the National Register, the Dawson Cemetery was added on April 9, 1992. <laughs> now the site is again part of a working ranch just as it was prior to 1901. Every two years, former residents hold a picnic on the site of their former town on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> and on Memorial Day, many visit the cemetery where their relatives still lie buried. 
Yeah. I, hmm. That's wild because yeah. it closed in 1950. So right. So there there could be kids be, who like yeah, plenty of like living people who live yeah. there. That's weird. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the like the place on Google Maps right now, and like yeah, little, there's just like a few like ranch buildings like down the road from the cemetery, and that's mm-hmm. like all there is yeah because people live on the ranch yeah now. there's like one there's like a house right there that might be another house and then there are a bunch of sheds and that mm-hmm. is like all there is <laughs> yeah there's nothing there's only the cemetery so we probably would have never really known about this place unless we did some digging after uh, they found the cemetery even yeah. though people had lived there before yeah. like not that long before and then they're like they'd... What? That's not a place. There's no cemetery there. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, I guess they had moved away. Never told. I mean, I guess they would have had to move away, but I guess never, I guess, talked about it much. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Many witnesses report feeling strange cold spots near specific graves on otherwise hot days. Oh, here we go. These cold spots and other strange stories of male voices whispering words of warning and danger were also reported. At night, the cemetery is most active. People today still hear full-throated moans and see human-shaped patches of fog drifting through the area. Mm. These forms dissipate into the night air, leaving no trace. The men that lost their lives so abruptly over a hundred years ago are restless. Today, locals and visitors to the cemetery frequently see spectral lights and misty apparitions coming down from the top of the hill and wandering among the graves. The locals say that the lights are the headlamps of the miners' helmets. And the Southwest Ghost Hunters Association has captured unusual EM readings in the cemetery but found nothing conclusive. Okay. So here's a little I mean, fun thing I found Okay. from, uh, let's see, the Dawson News, March 17th, 1923. Oh, yeah? Written by E. Stevens. Uh, practical don'ts for the Dawson coal miners. All right. <laughs> Don't abuse a mule with a strap. Push on the car and help him. He is helping you. <laughs> good advice. I know. That is good advice, isn't it? Okay. Don't. Pass by a misplaced tie or rock on the main highway. Hailway. Hot. What? Hallway. Yeah, I think it's hallway. Hallway. It look. It looks like eyes. Yeah, with I the know. printer. <laughs> it will stop the motor and delay your turn on cars. Push the obstructions aside. Don't pass a rock hanging from the roof without notifying the mine boss immediately. Practice safety first, always. <laughs> Don't cut ties in two in order to lay a rail cut under the tie so that they may be used again don't this is so funny because it's in the news like it was in the newspaper <laughs> i would That's assume funny. that the mining company owned the newspaper too well yeah but it's funny that they didn't just hand out a pamphlet on the first day of work sorry i hit your face That's with these okay. papers don't put the small end of a timber up put the big end up i'm always saying that <laughs> don't lay track so close to a rib that a car will not pass <laughs> yeah <laughs> Don't. don't. <laughs> Just gonna read them all. Okay, cool. None of them make sense to me, but my favorite one is definitely the mule one. They're like, help them. They are helping you. <laughs> I mean, if don't I, abuse your mule. <laughs> I'm sure if I was a 19 teens coal miner, I would find this very, yeah. very relatable and helpful. Don't cut across a bar too deep. It will eventually weaken and slip. Don't 
Leave me- the don'ts are all in caps. That's why I <laughs> read it like this. They okay. printed it all in caps. Don't leave machine cuttings in your place. It may cause you and others trouble. Words don't. to live by. Don't cut off your shooting wires in order to get them out of your way. Pull them out from under the coal, roll them up, and hang them on a post. Oh yeah, and- I, did, I did that once, and that was <laughs> not not a good idea. Finally. This one is a good one, too. Don't abuse your boss when he is giving you advice for your own good. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only one I disagree with. I know. You definitely should abuse your boss any chance you get. Observance of the above don'ts will make for mine efficiency and will bring the satisfaction of having done a day's work for a day's pay. That's what it said. That's what they printed. Very good. That's funny. Isn't that funny that it's always like, oh, if you do your job good, it'll give you satisfaction because now you really earned that paycheck you got at the end of the day. Like a day's work is a day's pay. And I'm like, you know how much I work in a day and make nothing? (laughs) I bet they were made. I mean, I'm sure they weren't making great money, but probably enough. (laughs) Probably enough. Sure, yeah. I mean, why would they have an opera house if no one could go to the opera house? That's true. I guess it was just for the bosses. That's all I got. It was kind of boring, but I thought it was interesting. No, I like that. Now nothing exists of it, and I'd like to go to the cemetery. I would. Next time we're in New Mexico, we should. Okay, I would like to travel to New Mexico to go see the cemetery. I I, I lost it, but uh, it was here. Oh, there it is, Dawson. Oh, also the um, there is like a gate going into the town, like a little arch and gate Uh that says Dawson on it. That's still there too. That's still there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little arch that says Dawson on it, like when you're driving through. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Is it, yeah. it must be like off the it's main road. It's a lot road. of dirt roads, yeah. yeah it's like off like... of a main road. It's like a dirt road, yeah. Because mm-hmm, there's the A38, which seems to pass through town, but I would assume that that <laughs> that the arch doesn't go over that. No, it's like through in the, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, the cemetery is just like up the hill from the railroad. Mm-hmm. Huh. Isn't that wild? Curious. That yeah, nothing was... left exists of this huge town? <laughs> yeah. Like a city at the time. I know. And now wild. nothing exists except for the cemetery. That just well, it creeped me out, really. It creeped me out. Yeah. This must have been something. He's looking at Google Maps yeah, now. No, I'm, tr- I'm looking at Google Maps. That must be like, well, there's a big black area. That must be something related to the coal mine. Yeah, probably. Maybe the, the coal mine must have been maybe in this area. It's just very creepy to see old pictures of the very booming place. Like it was like a city. Like there were big buildings and like for 1900 or whatever. Yeah. But it was still, now there's literally nothing yeah. there. I wish they had Google Earth back then so we could compare it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what it looks like today versus what it looked like now. Okay, just tell your story, sir. Right. Oh, yeah, mine. We're right. like 50 minutes in. They're, they're, they right. mine's, hate this. Mine's not too long. <laughs> you don't have to rush. I took my time on a very boring story this week, so. <laughs> I liked it. All right. But I like boring things, so. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, uh, bird watching today. Bird watching? Yeah. What's the little documentary, like 45-minute documentary we watched on Netflix with the birds? Uh, was that birds of... Dancing with the birds? Yeah, it's, it's about birds of paradise. Is that what it's called? What that's what it? they're called? I think it's Dancing with the Birds. Dancing with the Birds. I think that's what... Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's all about bird dancing. Yeah, it's about like... <laughs> 
Birds, birds of Paradise, and they're like mating they're dances. They're mating dances, and it's so cute. It is. Yeah, it's it's really, so cute. It's really good. I like that. Oh my god, it was probably the best thing I've watched in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So if you're into birds or bird watching, do that. Watch that. It's yeah. very good, and it's short, but it's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm talking about a, uh, a, a story of uh, intrigue and deceit and maybe a little conspiracy oh. in the world of bird watching. <gasps> really? Uh, like birds aren't real conspiracy? Uh, no. Damn. Different, not different from that. All right. So, uh, uh, birds, are, birds are real in this story. Okay. All right. But, I don't know if I buy it then because birds aren't real, right. but okay. All right, so uh, Pezoporus occidentalis, um, a.k.a. the night parrot. Oh, the night parrot? Yeah. That's cool. That's my uh, that's my superhero name. That's your superhero, my superhero name. Alter ego. Night parrot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. I'm picturing uh, the outfit already. I picture it like Elton John's crocodile rock outfit with the feathers, you know? I think I know what you mean, yeah. That's what yeah. I picture yeah. as you're in, like, the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, let me see. Uh, here, here, here's what Night Parrot actually looks like. He's a little little green oh, guy. Oh, he's cute. Yeah, I know. He's not as colorful as you'd think. He's green and black and yellow. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Excuse me. Um, the Night Parrot is one of the most elusive and mysterious birds in the world. Uh, it's small with a short tail. Um, it lives in the arid wilderness of Australia's interior. Um, its feathers are yellow-green, modeled with dark brown, black, and yellow. Um, it spends most of its time on the ground, only taking flight to escape danger and to search for water. Um, it is one of only two nocturnal species of parrots. Cool. Um, <laughs> oh, that's why they call it the night parrot. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. By night, it may fly up to... Up to 25 miles in search of ephemeral patches of wetland. Oh, my gosh. um, uh, Where it feasts on seeds of grasses and herbs. Um, By day, it hides away in tunnels it makes through patches of spiky uh, spinifex grass. Hmm. Little short, pokey grasses, bunches. Um, Even before decades of habitat destruction by ranching, climate change, and the proliferation of feral house cats, (laughs) it was rarely heard and more rarely seen. So it's pretty... Rare or rarely seen. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty rare. I think the um, something, uh, what was it called? Some organization, some like wild conservation status. The IUCN Red List um, says the parrot has a population of 50 to 249. Um, Hmm. Another group says put the number at 30 to 100. Okay. But there are it is it is very rare, but even if it wasn't so rare, it's still very elusive. Yeah, hard to. Um, like Aboriginal people have stories of like you know ancient uh, beings um, attempting to group, gather together all the animals and group them and give them names and stuff, and the uh, the night parrot evading them and not wanting to be counted and part of the. Uh, I love <laughs> them. <laughs> Um, there's actually a lot of birds that we don't probably don't know about because there's a lot of birds that still get discovered because they're just so quick and up high and we don't, we don't really know they exist because in that documentary, they're like, we can rarely, we rarely 
mm-hmm. ever see them. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> there are only 25 preserved specimens of the bird in museums worldwide. Um, uh, 19 wow. of those were collected by the South Australian Museum's collector, um, Andrew Fredericks, between 1871 and 1881. Was he hunting this bird to do that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I was like, maybe they found a dead one on the ground. No, he was mostly shooting him. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. That's Um, disappointing. Yeah, until he was found dead floating face down in a water hole uh, near a place named Dismal Gully. (laughs) Wait, is this where the conspiracy comes in? No, I just thought it was... I mean, the, it, there is, it's like still, it's a mysterious death that people don't really know why he, I mean, he was murdered. he died. It could be, could be, or he drowned or he killed himself. I don't know, but huh. I don't know. It was, it was mentioned in one of the things I was reading as, uh, I mean, as mysterious as the birds it's, itself, but, uh, that's I, I, weird. I didn't okay. really see much else about that guy. Um, anyway, uh, the last specimen to be confirmed was, um, was captured in 1912. Mm. Um, for most of the 20th century, uh, many people, many believed the bird to be extinct, um, but occasional unconfirmed reports of people hearing or glimpsing them kept hope alive. Huh. Uh, in 1979, an ornithologist claimed to have spo- spotted a small flock in uh, s- the South Australia, but it was too late in the day for him to get a photograph of them. Um, in the 80s, uh, Dick Smith, owner of Australia Geographic magazine, offered a uh, $38,500 reward to anyone who could provide physical proof of the bird's existence. <laughs> um, and this was paid out in 1990 when a group of scientists returning from an expedition uh, hey, good for and them. Yatbeck happened upon a dead parrot by the side of a road. It had been oh. hit by a car. Yeah. I mean, I guess that counts. Yeah, Did they I mean, bring it, it to them? Yeah, I mean, I guess it would have had been freshly killed, so yeah, I, or within the past. Week. Yeah, they, they said they like couldn't determine how long it had been dead, but probably, or if it had been killed there, or if it had been carried like on the front of a car for a while or something. Oh but, yeah, that's true. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, they so I just found a dead one by the side of the road in 2006. Another dead parrot was found in Queensland, decapitated by a barbed wire fence. Oh, baby! I know. But still, no one had managed to uh, capture a recording of one alive. Since either. 1912? Yeah, that's when they physically captured one. Oh, my God. But you since mean then, captured 25 of them? Yeah, well, that was before then. Yeah, oh. that was. I guess that was the 25th one. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, no no one had uh, taken a picture, gotten video, or, like, recorded For a really long time. Yeah. Wow. I know. Um, so this is where a guy... Named John Young enters the story. Um, <laughs> Generic name. I know. Uh, Young is an accomplished naturalist and bushman who uh, ran a company that offered birding tours, and he also his company made nature documentaries. Sounds like your dream. I know it does sound fun. Does that it sound sounds like... good. <laughs> um, as a boy, he fell in love with birds and began collecting their eggs. Um, uh, until okay. the Australian government outlawed the practice in the late 70s. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, these days, he's cagey about the details of his collection, which contains as many as 600 <laughs> painstakingly prepared specimens. Uh, he claims... Like eggs? Yeah, eggs. Why do people do that? Collect eggs? People, because they collect all kinds of things. If you ha- Don't collect a bird's eggs. Those are their children. <laughs> you just took a child from the mom. Yeah, I know. From the parents. 
well, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he claims not to know where his uh, collection is located now. Um, though he says he doesn't take part anymore in, uh, you know, egg collecting. He also says not. that it's harmless uh, for all but the most threatened of species. So he doesn't collect the eggs of the most He says that species. he doesn't collect eggs anymore since, it's, since it became illegal. But he says that it should be legal. Except for, uh, yeah. I disagree with this, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, he is, he's, he apparently was extremely adept at finding like rare birds and their nests. Um, and he, he worked with David Attenborough, uh, to film, uh, rare oh. Australian birds and stuff. Okay. Um, he has also been deeply involved in conservation efforts to protect endangered birds. Um, okay. he successfully lobbied a rat poison manufacturer to pull a product that was harming owls near where he lived. So he cares about birds, but he likes to collect their children. <laughs> well, yeah, because he loves them. What? I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'll need to read up more on the ethical egg, egg it, ethical uh, Well, apparently it used to be like a pretty common thing to do, like in us for like kids to do in Australia back in the day. Um, yeah, I used to grab Robin's eggs. Yeah. But they were had to be cracked if they were yeah, full. Well. I wouldn't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. Full in a nest. Yeah, well. My parents wouldn't let me touch them. <laughs> yeah, but you wanted to. Yeah, but I wanted to. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. Right. So <laughs> who are you to talk? Okay, well. <laughs> well, I'm an adult now and realize I don't want to take their children away. Yeah, I know. Sad babies. <laughs> I know. Okay, keep going. I'm interested um, in And this. he led the charge to create the uh, Taito Wetlands, uh, Australia's largest urban wetland restoration project to protect the eastern grass owl and crimson finch. Um, so in 20, 2006, 2006 mm-hmm. uh, when he found out about the decapitated night parrot, uh, he made it his mission to find one alive. Yeah, he did. Uh, he immediately went to the fence where it was found and attempted to get in the parrot's head. Oh, my gosh. I love this guy. <laughs> so he, was, he saw there's like a line of trees going to the left and then far away. And then, but he was like, uh, so he probably came down that, but why did he turn left here to go and go try to go past the fence? And, and then he saw like some hills far away in the distance with like the spinifex grass. And he's like, aha, uh-huh. that's where they're headed to that, that grass they like. Oh, um, okay. Uh, and so he, he camped out at Brighton Downs um, for, a, well, actually, I think he went there on numerous occasions, but he had been camping there for a month. Uh, when one night, uh, he heard the night parrots whistle for the first time. <gasps> Wait, how do they whistle? Um, Can they you do it so for they, me? Um, this, they have a bunch of different calls. Um, so he, you can't do it for heard, me, that's what you're saying. I, I'm not good at making bird call sounds, but I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to play one for you here. Um, they probably won't be able to hear it through the mic, but um, that's... The that, little beep beep noise? Yeah, mm-hmm. They make a bunch of different sounds. They also do a, like a croak sound. Okay, these sound like robots. Yeah, they so they they make apparent. Okay, so apparently, um, one of the scientists currently studying them has like defined like fifteen distinct like calls that they make. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of them are yeah whistle sounds like the short little whistle like the the dink dink sound mm-hmm. they call it, and then yeah. they have like a a more hollow longer whistle sound. Um, and then there's the croak sound they heard. Um, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not good at making bird call sounds. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't want to try. Um, so he, he heard that dink, 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 dink sound. Um, and then when he mimicked it, uh, a pair of night parrots landed somewhere near his campsite. Um, uh, and he, he was able to record audio of their call, um, but he couldn't see them in order to take a photo of them. He couldn't, he just, he could just hear them somewhere nearby. Um, but he, he didn't come forward immediately with his recording, though, um, as John Young had a bit of a credibility problem. Oh, no. Why? Um, so as much as he had a reputation as an accomplished birder um, with a talent for seeking out rare specimens, he also had a rep- reputation as a showman prone to making extravagant, extravagant claims without proof to back them up. Uh-oh. Um, in her book, Glimpses of Paradise, ornithologist Penny Olson wrote that Young often, uh, quote, claimed a sensational find shrouded in secrecy, which divided the birding community and ultimately came to nothing. Um, he boasted in a letter once of collecting 31 eggs from paradise parrots, a bird which has not been observed since the 1930s. Hmm. Um, excuse me. Young claims today that he never made such a claim, that he only saw holes in some termite mounds, which could only have been made by paradise parrots. But, quote, I didn't know it was a crime to get excited about a find and slightly exaggerate. Okay, John. Uh, Either way, uh, search is done by qualified ornithologists um, in that place where he claimed to have rediscovered the extinct bird, uh, turned up nothing. Okay. Um, uh, in 2006, um, he photographed what he claimed was an entirely new species of bird, um, <laughs> which he cl- called the blue-fronted fig parrot, and would be the, the f- a fourth uh, t- variety of fig parrot in Australia. Hmm. Um, quote, it's only through my climbing skills and knowledge of bird behavior that I've found it, Young told Brisbane's Courier Mail newspaper. Um, however... Forensic analysis revealed that the image had been doctored uh, to change the color of the bird's plumage. No. Um, that it was likely a picture of a different bird, um, one that already existed. Um, and Young declined to allow analysts to come to his headquarters to look at the other photos he claimed to have taken of the bird. Okay. Um, years later, he still denied fabricating the image. Uh, he said that he had lost the negative of it. Um, even though it was a digital photo and part of a series of pictures. Um, uh-huh. In a later interview, he did admit to photoshopping the photos slightly. He says, I lightened them, darkened them, did my own sort of stuff. Uh, but he maintained that they still proved that he d- had discovered a new species. Did my own sort of stuff. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. <laughs> um, Young's own mentor, uh, Mervyn Goddard, who was a uh, a a, a, a prolific uh, egg collector um wrote of him in 1994 john is unreliable and noted for it goddard <laughs> warned another birder in a handwritten letter telling him not to trust his identification one would have to see the birds oneself oh my god <laughs> yeah um so it but uh, so it seems that he learned to do his due diligence before coming forward with a discovery okay. um, as he continued his obsessive search for more than half a decade after this. Oh, my gosh. Um, finally, though, on May 26, 2013, he finally captured photos and a 17 second video of a live night parrot. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, when he came forward with the discovery, it sent shockwaves shock waves through the birding world did we um, think it was extinct or something 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, no one had seen it, and there's no like proof of it being. I mean, for all yeah, we but know, that's pretty normal for this bird, right? Yeah, they're, they're hard to find. Yeah, I know. I'm, but like, I mean, if you if you can't find it alive, then <laughs> maybe the hmm. maybe the dead ones that have been found were the last night parrot. Be <laughs> <laughs> really sad. But um. But no, for the first time in a, over a hundred years, someone could be verified as having seen a live night parrot. Wow. Okay. Um, whatever your opinion of Young, the evidence was undeniable. He had delivered real, unmanipulated images of the elusive bird. Um, although he 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 had, did admit to touching one of the photos up to remove a spinifex twig from the parrot's back. Um, but other than that, they were unmanipulated. Why does he touch them up to show them as they are? <laughs> I, I don't, don't get it. Okay. Um, uh, the announcement, though, was not without controversy. Um, of course. Young refused to reveal the location where he had found the parrot, not even to the Australian government. Why? Quote, I'd rather go to jail than tell anyone where I found it. Um, <sighs> well, he said because he wanted for the bird's protection. He wanted from other... He didn't want, you know, tons of bird I watchers like flocking to this place and disturbing its habitat and stuff. Okay. I, I kind of, I buy it. Yeah, I think he just wants attention. And you don't want like poachers coming in there and taking its eggs oh, and trying babies. to catch it. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, don't I mean, trust this guy. <laughs> um, instead, he planned to raise two million dollars to protect and study the bird himself on the property. Um, to some, it seemed that Young was holding the bird ransom. Yeah, I think so. Um, eventually a deal was struck with a real scientist, uh, to be able to study the night parrot along with Young. Um, uh, uh, and I'll read from an Audubon.org article about that. Um, during, during Stephen Murphy's first trip to Brighton Downs in August, 2013, that's the real ornithologist. Um, mm -hmm. excuse me. Um, he tried to keep an open mind. Much rides on how John Young and I interact in the field, he wrote in his journal, which he shared with me. Excuse me, me being the author of this article, not me, me. Um, <laughs> although Young's demand for secrecy seemed excessive, he insisted they camouflage the site's solar panels with black tape, for example. Murphy could appreciate Young's heartfelt concern for the birds. Despite his obtuse manner, Murphy wrote, I can't help but like the guy. Obtuse manner. <laughs> Things went downhill after that. Uh-oh. Murphy wanted to set out sound recorders to systematically determine the bird's presence or absence in various habitats. Young just wanted to find more birds. Um, amid temperatures exceeding 110 degrees Fahrenheit, the two men grated on each other. After Young passed out grated from Grated on each other? They... Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they... What does that mean? They, they grated on... I don't know. Like, they, uh, they were... They're, uh... They grind it on each other. That's what <laughs> no. I picture. They're like really. Their personalities on each other. were at odds. They didn't. They. It was like. I think they fucked. <laughs> because what that means. I Harry. don't think so. I think so. Um, after Young passed out from heat stroke, he kept telling Murphy <laughs> that Murphy wasn't looking so good. <laughs> <laughs> This guy cracks me up. He's probably the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, harmony on this trip involves spending as much time as possible away from John Young, Murphy wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The scientist is just trying to do his job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it seems like this guy, like, really does, like, 
care a lot about birds. He just also, he has a very specific way that he wants to. He seems very like, <laughs> yeah, very controlling about he, the situation. You know, he, he wants the credit for discovering them and stuff, which is like understandable to a gr- degree, but also he also... You know, he wants to just like look for birds the way he looks for birds, not in like a scientific way. Um, In another part of the article, like uh, Stephen Murphy says, the man doesn't have a scientific bone in his body. Yeah, got it. Um, Eventually, Murphy. (laughs) He tried to get into the mind of the bird. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh. Eventually, Murphy uh, got fed up and went over John Young's head and made a deal with Bush Heritage Australia to purchase the property where the parrots were found. Um, Young left the project at that time um, Oof. and hasn't been back to that location. Uh, That's rough. Um, but uh, not long after that, he was hired by the Australian Wildlife Conservancy to aid in rare birds research in other parts of the country. Okay. Um, so... In 2018, when the Audubon story I read uh, from just now came out, Mm -hmm. uh, along with it, they published one of the photos that Young took of the bird that he provided for them. Do people think it's fake? Um, No, but in the corner of the photo, readers noticed a cage-like mesh, uh, raising the question as to whether or not he had trapped the bird in order to (gasps) photograph it. Oh, Um, no. So let me show you the picture here if I can get it. Yeah, I want to see it. Uh, where is it? No, it's further down. Yeah, like, they think he might have one? No, like... Why wouldn't he keep it then? Um, no, not not that he, like, already had one. It's more... Oh, wait, there it was. Right there. Oh, yeah, so in this picture, there's a... You can see, like, up in the corner it there. It looks there's like, like a fence. mesh, like... I mean, it's it, it looks like chicken wire to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he was using something to trap it? That's that's what people were speculating that he used. What's the problem with that? Well, he let it go, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's still to capture an endangered species without a permit uh, still oh. would have been illegal. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he did. Um, John Young denied capturing it, but Stephen Murphy had long had suspicions. Ooh, uh, when he I was, bet he did. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. When he was first shown the photos, he noticed that the timestamp stated they were taken at 5 p.m., um, not a time when the nocturnal bird would ordinarily be up and about. Um, huh. So what is he saying? He captured it, like, overnight and then, like, yeah, came back Yeah, maybe that's to when it, they got to that there? trap the next day. Or... Oh, no. Um, he also s- suspected that the alteration Young had done to the photo was not to remove a twig, but to erase feathers <gasps> damaged in his capture. Oh, no. Yeah, I bet. Because that's weird if you remove a twig. Like, <laughs> yeah. why? It's a twig. It's on its back. Yeah, no, he was covering something. He probably hurt one of them. <gasps> Could be. Oh, babies. Mm-hmm. This is so sad. Anyway, so so this new scrutiny led the uh, Australia Wildlife Conservancy, his new current employer, to investigate the work that Young had done for them. Um, he, he claimed to have found nests and eggs um, of the uh, night parrot at Diamantina National Park as well, um, which led to the area being closed to visitors. Um, From another Audubon article on the controversy, um, the eggs in one nest, however, look like they are made of plaster or clay, according to experts who examined Young's photographs as part Mm, of the investigation. So he thinks he made the eggs? Like, made them out of clay? Yeah. (gasps) (laughs) 
Um, and two other nests had eggs that were likely from a small parrot. Just a different bird's eggs that he was. After this, show me the picture of the clay eggs. Okay, I'll think. try to find that. I, 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 there's a, I saw a picture that I think was the one, but I, yeah, you I can will show it to try to later. show it to you later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it's the picture that I'm thinking of, then I I wouldn't be able to tell the difference, but I'm sure. Yeah, but I just want to look at it and see like, oh, I can kind of see it or, mm-hmm. oh, those are really good. Yeah. Because <laughs> I believe bird experts here. This mm-hmm. guy isn't very credible. Yeah. The nests themselves were also questionable. Oh, um, no. One nest consisted of a bedding of vegetation that included the leaf-like structures from acacia plants. Other researchers have found that night parrots lay their eggs directly on the ground inside large spinifex bushes. The only vegetation present in those cases are the bits of spinifex that the birds have nibbled on. So the fact that they were... So like he made a nest, but they don't make nests. Right. Or he found a nest of another bird, maybe. And he was like... And he put fake eggs in it. Yeah. (laughs) Or touched up the photos, maybe, to make them look more like the night parrot eggs. Yeah. Um... Uh, Young's most eyebrow-raising recent discovery was the night parrot feather he plucked from a zebra finch nest at the AWC's Calamurina Sanctuary in 2017. Oh, no. Which provided evidence that the bird still existed in South Australia. Um, Menkor said, says the panel found it suspicious that the feather Young deposited at the Southern Australian Museum turned out to be different than the one he had originally photographed at the nest. So he, like, so he found, what? So at a yeah, so bird he, nest, he found he, a feather of a feather parrot. Of a parrot. So he took he a like, photo of he it. He took a photo, and then he was like, he brought a feather and to this museum. And he brought the feather and in, like, and it was different than the photo he took. Yeah. Even though he said, I took this photo of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. Um, okay. This guy's sketchy. Mm-hmm. I don't like this guy. There was another article that I forgot that I forgot to add to this where they were saying something about how he got feathers um, uh, from the uh, thing about how not like about how how someone said that he like had a bunch of them, um, but and that he had got them from a nest, but also he said that he hadn't disturbed any of the nests, but he also said that he saw a female in the nest, but the nests are deep inside these bushes. So how could he have seen it without going into the, into the nest and disturbing it and Uh. stuff. So a lot of his like stories about finding them and his discoveries don't add up basically yeah but that picture is real right of the, the night pic- parrot like, the picture is real uh, the one that i showed you it, right they think yeah he trapped the him. one that i showed you like with the with the mesh in the back that's the one he that probably he did up. oh that's the one he touched up yeah i like, think so for the twig i'm pretty sure that's the same one okay well mm-hmm. yeah um, anyway, uh, also the following year, Young came back from Calamarina triumphant with a recording of a night parrot call, and the AWC touted it as being independently verified. Excuse me. Uh, Young's own notes, however, showed that he had actually played back publicly available recordings of a Western Australian night parrot near his own song recorders the same night, Mancourse says. Hmm. What we- does that mean? He just replayed... Yeah, he was a recording of it and said, yeah. "Look at what I found." Yeah, that's what that means. 
what this guy it seems like he really cares about the birds but also he cares more about his reputation as a bird guy yeah oh i mean kind of sucks well i mean so what he's but also with these discoveries he's like providing proof that they exist in these other areas to give those areas extra protection so it could be that he's just trying to get them more protection even if he with <laughs> different Maybe. weird proof i guess but also i and it's also i mean they also say we can't say one way or another that it was intentional referring to the like call recording the bird call recording thing it's possible that he was he forgot that he was like playing his own recordings at the time and just uh, yeah but so it, okay. i mean that one is possible that that was just a dumb mistake on his part or it's possible that he was trying to pass off recordings from the other side of australia as yeah. <laughs> new birds Mm-hmm. Um, Young also claimed to have taken blurry photos of the buff-breasted button quail, a bird even more rare than the night parrot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but those were scrubbed from the AWC's website as well in light of the questions about his credibility. <laughs> um, yeah, good idea. Yeah. Young, Young resigned from his post there and says that he has given up on conservation. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> it's not worth it, he says. It's not worth it. They're mean to me. Um, yeah. Um, but I've, he's not working on it, but a ton of other scientists are. Um, That's I, good. Uh, they they have been found in some of the places um, where he uh, claimed to have found them that were later taken back. Um, but um, they have also uh, other other people have managed to take photos of them as well. Then we're not just going off of his photos at this point as well. Okay, that's good. Um, so they they exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if anything, he brought more light to this bird. Yeah. No. He like, like brought he, more attention to this bird. Yeah. Absolutely. To be searched he for. did like his his first pictures of it were like a huge like news story at the time, and they like brought a ton of attention to the bird and a ton of like new research into it and trying to find it. And well, I guess that's the good so, like, part. Yeah, he did that. That's a good thing. And it's unfortunate that his other ethical missteps kind of uh, uh, mean that he is no longer involved in it, I guess. I mean, I'm glad he's not. Well, yeah, no, in it's it, good. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's unfortunate that they may have set back some of the research. Into yeah, it. that is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, no, a, a, a lot of it also is being research is being done by. Uh, uh, indigenous scientists on their own lands and stuff um, it's not just land being taken over by the government to say that no people can go in here anymore it's also um being done by aboriginal groups so that's also good yeah but anyway um there was i, I heard about this on a different podcast what was it called uh <laughs> i should have talked more track. about the people who owned the land before these guys came in and stole it and turned it into mm-hmm. Dawson. Yeah. No, the, the, well, the, uh, an episode of Off Track, uh, an ABC uh, Australian broadcasting uh, podcast. Um, although I also I heard about it on, um, they played in that episode on uh, Outside In, an American podcast that I listened to as well. Is that the bird one? No, or that's the nature a, one. That's a, yeah, a different nature one. Mm-hmm. It's a good mm. podcast. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well. Cool. So that's that's the night parrot. All right. And John cool. Young. That's cool. good. That was good. I like that. Okay. Good. That was good. Yeah, I like that story. 
Good. It's fun. I All saw right. earlier that your um, doc was called Night Parrot, but then I totally forgot. And then you said <laughs> Night Parrot, and I'm like, oh my god, oh yeah, you, I saw that. I thought, yeah, I was like, he's doing something about a parrot. Yeah. All right. Well, what? What? Why'd you Google that? Because. Okay. All right. Are you ready to end this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's late. Okay. Yeah, it's time to go. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy your week. You, you have Happy a good Monday. One. <laughs> I almost said you're welcome. I don't know why. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> uh, I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. We're not in Kansas anymore. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.